0: Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate, show broadcasting coast-to-coast across the USA. Here on the HIA Radio Network, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at America's Healthcare Advocate. That's America's Healthcare Advocate. You can also get all of our podcasts. They're on TuneIn, iTunes, and SoundCloud. We're also on Spreaker now. And brand new, we are now streamed live on radio.com. So all of that information is up there. You can go look at our summer videos that are up. We've got some pet healthcare care tips up there. Uh, What do you do in the summer with your dog or your cat? What's a parvovirus risk? There's a whole bunch of interesting stuff up there. And as always, we talk about health care and health insurance needs. So all of that information is there. The website is americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. And if you have questions, you can call 877-385-2224. Um, and the operators are standing by during the show. They will take your calls, and we will get back to you after the broadcast. You can also send me an email from that website if you choose to do so. All right, we are broadcasting from the beautiful Four Seasons Hotel here in St. Louis, Missouri today, and we are attending um, the Mastermind Summit Conference. So what is this? Well, it's a gathering of 40 of the top broker consultants, the best minds in the country that come together to share ideas and information, newest technologies available and cost control for health insurance and healthcare. Things like what are the newest products and services available? What are the newest strategies to drive down cost and provide better benefits for, Employers and and employees. So the first guest we have four different guests today joining us The first guest in my segment today is Vince Lewis from Phoenix, Arizona He is the vice president of Partners MGU. Welcome. Welcome
3: Carrie, thank you. Pleasure to be here.
0: Well, it's great to have you. A little different than, than uh, Phoenix. A little, little toasty out in Phoenix right now, isn't it?
3: Well, honestly, I'm, uh, our, our company is based in Phoenix, but I am actually in Detroit. That's where I'm based. So All right. So
0: you're actually out of Detroit, Michigan. Then. Hotter, but humid. Yeah, hotter, yeah. You know, yes. Not as
3: hot, but, but very humid. Yeah, so.
0: Yes, it is. Just kind of like St. Louis. Exactly. Kind of like Kansas City. Yep. Kind, of, kind of like here in flyover country. So what I asked you to talk about today was um, stop loss. And that's a huge component of self-funding. I think, you know, when you say the word self-funded, people get scared. Sure. Oh, my God, self-funded, that means i got to pay all those claims. Right. Like, I'm the employer. i got to write those checks. Exactly. No, <laughs> we have a thing called stop loss. So explain what stop loss is and how it works um, and, and why that's a safety net for employers. Vince?
3: Well, Kerry, if I could use the analogy, um, I think of the Willenda family uh if you the flying wilder's exactly so Hopefully not
0: flying off right <laughs>
3: exactly seven generations um recently if you follow Nick Willenda at all he's done these tightrope walks across recently to grand canyon he's gone across niagara falls times square yeah times square uh, a couple skyscrapers in chicago and and the commonality between all of those is he does all of these of course with no safety net whatsoever no protection and I kind of equate stop loss to to that concept because typically the self-funded employer is the person walking that tightrope. He's Nick Welinda. So as a result, if you don't have that safety net to protect against either claim severity or claims frequency, then you're gonna fall off and you know who knows what's gonna happen. So to me, that's what stop loss is. We are the safety net. We protect, it's a product designed to protect against the claim severity or claims frequency of the self-funded plan
0: so let's talk about that because there are two separate elements there and people get confused by this so severity that that's the shock claim that comes in that's a preemie baby that's 1.2 million dollars so talk about how that stop-loss steps in and takes care of that for the employer so they're not stuck with that 1.2 million dollar claim
3: right so that claim severity is typically known as specific stop-loss insurance which is generally uh, the employer sets the, a deductible that's reasonable based on their their pay claim situation. The the deductible is set, and any claim that exceeds that deductible then is reimbursed by to the plan by the stop loss carrier. So. You know, for example, sake of example, you've got a a group that has a hundred thousand dollars spec deductible. In that case, a preemie baby, we know are one of the largest uh, about
0: one point two million. Exactly.
3: So anything over that deductible, the stop loss carrier then reimburses for the for the difference.
0: So basically, what we're saying to the employers, hey. You're not responsible to pay that 1.2 million. You buy this stop loss insurance because it's going to take care of that for you. And if if my memory serves me correctly, you're looking typically stop loss represents about 30 to 35% of what you would call normal premium. So, what you're paying for a fully insured plan, your stop loss coverage is probably going to run about 30% of that. Is that about right? Exactly.
3: I mean, you and you've got significant advantages obviously to a self-funded plan. Uh, but, but the addition of stop-loss insurance adds that added layer of protection and gives gives the employer that comfort level that they're going to need.
0: So there's one other element you mentioned. This is one that I think people get confused by. Sure. And that's aggregate or frequency, as you called it. So explain, so I've got, I've got 500 employees and we get 50 people that are type 1 diabetics and they're running up huge bills and all of a sudden I've got over a million dollars worth of claims. Talk about frequency or aggregate and how that works. Man. Well,
3: Aggregate carry is basically what it says. So it covers actually the overall claim liability of, of the plan in general. So uh, an underwriter will set what is known as an attachment point, which is basically a calculation of what they anticipate claims being for the for that particular plan year. And then to that is added a margin, the kind of is kind of a fudge factor, which kind of um, pr- provides a cushion against uh, any type of, of frequency, or I should say, uh, up and down situations as it relates to claims. And as the year goes along, if the claims for the entire year should exceed that attachment point, then the carrier then reimburses. Aggregate and specific work in conjunction with one another in, from the standpoint that if a claim exceeds the specific deductible is not applied toward the aggregate so you've got a double layer of protection sitting there
0: and that's really important for employers to understand when they're considering you know do I really want to take a put my toe in the water if you will right and take a look at self-funded when you when you, you have a, a consultant or broker who understands this like you do and explains this so that people understand you're really not the flying will and the brothers
3: not <laughs> at all not at all not at all
0: you're, you're more like the midget that's on the little the little tightrope on the motorcycle with the big net below him because it's not, you're 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 not going to fall very far because no. you've got no stop loss right there whether it's the specific as you talked about in the example we used was a premature baby or it's the aggregate or frequency where you've got all these claims coming together that could be a huge problem or for the employer if they don't have some some manner to have a safety net for that
3: exactly and there there are also added features that you can add to the contract itself to give even additional protection especially from a cash flow perspective you've got uh what is known as a an accommodate accommodation provisions which are basically cash flow features that let's say during the middle of the year if there's some sort of uh challenge to the plan let's say middle of the year you anticipate your attachment point to be you know at that level at that point in time like say half a million dollars and you actually have seven hundred thousand dollars in claims sitting out there uh uh, you can purchase an option which will 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 cover that difference for the time being which kind of serves as an interest-free loaded loan to the plan until they can make that up and reconcile it later so there, there are a lot of vehicles out there to help provide some cash flow advantages as well yeah
0: that that's really important because you know companies do go through certain seasons right. where, you know, if you're in the retail business and you're ramping up for the Christmas holidays, um, you know, June or July, it's gonna be a little bit different, right? right. So so th- having that extra protection is really
3: important. No, oh, exactly, exactly. And so, you know, there's, there's also other features or things that, you know, they're important in terms of uh, working with a carrier. You wanna make sure for sure that they've got, you know, they're able to pay claims adequately, that they're able to, that the, the actual policy itself will uh, mirror what we call mirroring the employee, the employer's plan document to avoid any potential gaps in coverage and things of that nature that again, just adding additional layers of protection just to make sure again, that safety net is there and, and there's even additional protection beyond what's being offered through the general policy itself.
0: So that really does make this a lot more like Uh, going out and buying a fully insured plan, the difference is that you're gonna save a lot of money, you're gonna have an enormous amount of flexibility because you basically take a blank sheet of paper and design your health insurance plan. So if you want your employees to have a $5 copay so they go to the doctor when they should, or generic prescription drugs that are, uh, you know, $5 five dollars or zero copay so they take their meds. You can do all of that on one of these plans, yes.
3: Oh yeah, and that's that's the beauty of it. I mean because not <laughs> only are you you were you you're getting the savings that's afforded through a, a self-funded plan, but through the strategies and things that are being implemented and the things that are even being discussed here at the Mastermind Conference. You're 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 encouraging uh, groups to 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 enter into these programs to save additional money, and in turn, as we know, uh, uh, this is the second biggest line item for companies. And so, so,
0: there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's what stop loss is. That's how it works. Vince Lewis, expert here, joining us today from Detroit, Michigan. He is the VP of Sales with Partners MGU. Thank you, Vince, for coming in. Greatly appreciate you taking the time to join us
3: today. Gary, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: It was a pleasure having him here. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back after the break. We've got more. We've got three more experts here coming on board with us today to talk about what's going on in the world of self funded health insurance. back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate show broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA radio network. You can find out more about us by going to our website americashealthcareadvocate.com americashealthcareadvocate.com You can also follow us on Instagram now It's America's Healthcare Advocate. And Facebook, it's the same thing. All the videos are posted up there, like today's video, along with all of our podcasts. Our summer video series is up there as well. So once again, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Everything is there. All right. Back in studio with me here at the Four Seasons Hotel in St. Louis. Joining me right now is Trey Taylor from Valdosta, Georgia. He is the CEO of Taylor Insurance Services. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. Well, it's almost as human here as it is in Georgia, isn't it? Yeah close yes it is i was in chicago last
2: week and it was 97 degrees with 90 percent humidity that's not why you go to chicago i can get so, that at home
0: yes you can you get all that you want in Georgia. There's yeah, that's no doubt right. about that's that. Right. So, so what i asked you to talk to us today about here at the um uh, at the mastermind summit was C-suite engagement, getting senior executives, decision makers involved in this health insurance, healthcare process. So, talk about your approach to that, um, Trey, and and why is that important? It, that that it go goes. Human resource directors do a great job, yeah, of course, but yeah. they're usually not the people that are actually going to make the final decision. You've, you, why is it important to get to that, that senior management group, that C-suite executive, and get them involved in this process?
2: Yeah, it's important because the mismanagement of the health care spend that we are all guilty of over the last 30, 40, 50 years has me- it means that the, uh, that the total budget there is now a strategic thing right? It now has to be paid attention to by people who are responsible for the strategy of the entire company. It has encroached now upon the mission of the entire company. And so who's charged to do that? It isn't one person down in a department. And I don't care if that department is finance or HR Or compliance or anything like that. It is now the top three to four to five executives of the company have to have cognizance on what they are doing from a benefits perspective because the spend, the allocation of that capital towards uh, the benefits plan is now a strategic determinant. For the entire company. Well, it's the second highest expense that most companies face, is it not, Trey? It is. And, you know, when I go in and I speak to C suites and I tell them that uh, Howard Schultz says we spend more (laughs) on benefits than we do on coffee beans, and we all laugh politely, and I always point out to them whatever your business is, you're doing the exact same thing. Right? So I have a national uh, roofing company who's a, a, a client of ours. And he laughed uh, politely when I told it. And I said, well, what is your biggest expense? And he said, nails. Nails. And okay. I said, no, it isn't. And let me prove that to you. And sure enough, after a week of uh, tra- trading emails and uh, spreadsheets and that sort of thing, he came to the same conclusion. And he said, we have to manage this now from the C-suite because in our situation, we don't give our HR uh, person P&L responsibility, Right. Well, he may have thought he was uh, unique in that, but... Very few HR professionals have strategic p and l responsibility. they may have l responsibility right They may be given some control over how they spend money, but they very rarely have the ability to take the way they spend it, change the spending, to create uh, entries on the other side of that ledger
0: so you know it 's funny because uh, you you mentioned the roofing company and nails he thought that was a big expense. What do you think would happen if his nail supplier was raising his cost fifteen sixteen seventeen? 30% over, over one, two, or three years. you think maybe at the end of the first or second year he might be looking for a different set of nails? We had that
2: exact conversation, and I said, what do you buy that is a guaranteed 12% increase in a good year, 38% increase is what he was dealing with for this year, 38% increase next year? What do you deal where you just have to put that in the budget every single year? And he couldn't come up with another expense. No, that because he would there's do no that. place
0: else that we do this, and we just That's sit exactly back right. and accept it, and go, "Hey, we had a good year. We only got a 10 percent increase." Right. If you got a 10 percent increase over a five-year period from one of your suppliers, how On long? Do any you think?
2: other expense? Correct.
0: Right. Any how other long would expense? they be around? No, not at all. And so that leads into
2: a really good conversation about <clears> the supply <throat> chain. No one is managing the healthcare supply chain, and when we begin to talk about this with the uh, C-suite, they lean forward and say. What is a healthcare supply chain? And we're able to show them, block and tackle and say, hey, the way that you allocate these uh, spending dollars towards hospitals and providers and PBMs and Rx and all of these kinds of things, each one of these has solutions inside of them that we can work with. Now, can your HR person determine from this contract whether your PBM is fiduciary or not? No, they can't. So it has to go up in the organization and pieces of it farmed out for responsible action by the CEO, the CFO, whoever's in charge of that.
0: And, and those and that supply chain has to be evaluated. Just like just like that roofing company, company evaluates the supply chain for nails, shingles, um, you know, all the things that they use, yes. uh, their products, Absolutely. they look at that supply chain and I'm sure they go back every year and go. What kind of increase are we getting over here? That's exactly right. How are right. we
2: managing this? And, Kerry, you know, he was even investigating <laughs> buying futures against increases in pricing on steel because <laughs> of the tariffs and the situation sure. between uh, the yeah. U.S. and China and that sort of thing. So granular of focus on something that, you know, that is not strategic over the long term, uh, as strategic as his benefit spend is.
0: So the, so the moral of the story is that you're basically bringing that same. The light goes on when you, when you explain it like this because, like, well, we already do that in all these other areas except this one. That's right. It is your second highest expense. So, so the light goes on, and you get the message across, and then you're able to lay out a plan of action.
2: That's right. And the C-suite has been taught over 20 years. We call it the big lie that there is nothing you can do to impact how you are spending your dollars when it comes to uh, healthcare, How are you financing that employee benefit that is a must-have? You can't not run a health plan for any uh, you know good-sized organization today. It helps you recruit, helps you retain, and that sort of thing. They've been told that there's nothing they can do about it. So if you walk into the C-suite and say, I'm here to talk to you about your benefits, it's like, go talk to HR. That's what we pay them to do. They're supposed to do that. And that sort of thing, No. It has to come in here and it has to be looked at from a strategic healthcare supply chain.
0: You you, you made an interesting point there. I saw the Wall Street Journal this morning, Amazon is putting retention training in for 113,000 employees because it's costing them more to bring in new employees and replace these people than it is to upgrade the training and keep them. So how important, the the second question employee asks after what am I gonna get paid? What are the benefits? Yeah. Do so, I get dental with that,
2: right? That's the. Uh, that's what they always ask. They want to know the quality of the benefits you. and what does it mean for me. And unfortunately, with this price curve that we've seen in the past five to seven years because of the regulation and that sort of thing, we're now giving people insurance that they can't ever access except in a c- catastrophic situation. So, you know, the average deductible 10 or 15 years ago was $100 to $250 And the average deductible now is above $2,500, but we see plans all the time, $5,500 to $6,800 deductibles. And what that means for an hourly employee is you have a health plan that you can't ever access until things get really bad. That's not what we're supposed to be doing.
0: So there you have it, folks. There is a solution out there. It does involve the folks in the C-suite, the CFO, the CEO, the CEO. Uh, the, the chief operating officers, they all need to be involved. You heard Trey just explain why. It's no different than buying that keg of nails and paying that price. So we'll be right back after the break. Thank you for joining us, Trey. It was great input today. Thanks, Gary. Good to have you you. We'll be right back after the break and continue with our discussion here at the Mastermind Summit in St. Louis, Missouri at the Four Seasons Hotel. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. We've got a lot more. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast, 153 affiliates strong, thanks to all of you in the listening audience. My producer today, Mr. Oscar Monterosa and Brenna Dwyer, joining us today as a producer here on America's Healthcare Advocate Show. We are here at the Mastermind Summit, Four Seasons Hotel, St. Louis, Missouri. Joining me now, Nelson Griswold, president of Bottom Line Solutions, and the man who's the mastermind behind mastermind. Welcome, Nelson. Cary,
1: it's a pleasure to be here, thank you.
0: And you're joining us from where, Atlanta, Georgia? Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. I was just there recently on my birthday. Had a great time.
1: We love we love visitors.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you had a lot of them when I was there. In fact, uh, I understand it's now the number one destination in the country for bachelor at parties.
1: Amazing as that may be. Yes, it, uh, it no, is, it was, yes. Uh, I
0: know. I don't think I've ever seen so many women on floats and buses and and all kinds of other devices rolling up and down broadways. as my wife and I did on this last trip. It was and, pretty interesting and
1: having a great time.
0: Oh, they were definitely having a great yeah. day. Starting pretty early with that great time too. I might remarkably early. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're, as I said, the mastermind behind mastermind. So let's talk about why you brought together, you've got 40 of the top broker consultants in the country here. Um, you're sharing ideas, as I did in the opening segment. You're sharing technology. You know, I saw a, a company here that, it, that advises on surgical centers. Where, where are the best centers in the country? Who has the best outcomes? Who has the lowest infection rates? Who has the best prices? These are things that, the average C-suite executive human resource director has no idea this stuff is even out there. So what made you decide to pull all this together?
1: Well, you're right. It's, it's the best kept secret in, in healthcare and employee benefits. Uh, the, the reality is we, we've been operating under a, a status quo model of employee benefits uh, and healthcare, and they're very symbiotic. Uh, the employee benefit side Uh, is defined by misaligned incentives. So you have insurance companies that make more money when healthcare costs go up because healthcare costs drive up the cost of insurance, the premiums that companies pay. Well, that's the revenue for the insurance company. They work to reduce the cost of healthcare and their revenue goes down. There is no CEO in America who will last three quarters If he engineers uh, a a program designed to lower their share value, at the same time, traditional status quo employee benefit advisors or brokers get paid traditionally have gotten paid a commission on the insurance premium the
0: companies pay and overrides and overrides and other kinds of little secret Uh, incentives uh, all all sorts of
1: compensation they don't reveal the people have no idea very very opaque. But what's but but, to go to the misaligned incentives, when they deliver a renewal increase in the rate of insurance for that employer, you would think that that somehow this is going to affect their compensation. it does, it goes up because a percentage commission percentage is based on that premium premium goes up, their commission goes up, so they're not incentivized to reduce the cost of health care. The other piece that's that's really I think the, the underlying factor, I call it the big lie in healthcare. The question is, why do companies allow this? I, I figured this out. Why do CEOs and CFOs who manage every part of their business down to a 10th of a penny in some cases, pay no attention to the cost of the healthcare their employees buy when it's the second or third largest P and L expense in their company? It's the big lie in healthcare that that caused this. For decades, insurance companies and their broker collaborators have walked into the C-suite and told the CEO and CFO, look, there's nothing we can do about the cost of healthcare. There's nothing you can do about the the cost of healthcare. It is going to go up every year. By the way, your cost of insurance is gonna go up pretty much every year too, so you should prepare for that. So when you hear a lie, loudly enough and often enough it it becomes believed so executives in America's c-suite have taken their what is now their second or third largest spend they they have put it in sGNA like with rent and other costs that they have no control over uh, they call it a, a uh, opex operational expense and they give operational control to a line manager in the human resources department that's
0: exactly how it works right
1: and they go then and work on areas of their business they can control and they can affect whether they can generate revenue or they can control costs the big lie however is just that it is a lie how do i know because our clients our members of our mastermind group these these consultants and advisors are out across the country reducing the cost of health care for employers by 20, sometimes 40 percent carry in the first year of the new plan. This is unheard of. This is in an industry where every year you're looking at an average of 8 to 12 percent rate increase. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. I've seen 60 percent rate increases, 30 percent rate increases. And yet our advisors are delivering a 20 to 40 percent cost savings in the first year. This is a revolution in healthcare and employee benefits and that revolution is being fueled by the frustration of the CEO and CFO. They aren't asking for this solution, but when they hear that they do have control over the cost of healthcare, they're in many cases seizing it. Not always, the status quo is very powerful and very strong, but more and more CEOs and CFOs are realizing we in fact can start to find EBITDA, free cash flow in our health plan. And our advisors are helping them manage the healthcare supply chain. Just as every company that produces a product controls and manages the cost and quality of all of the components that go into that product, these benefit advisors in the mastermind group manage the cost and quality of the health care the employees are buying so that the employees are getting better health care, they're having better medical outcomes, and they're paying nothing out of pocket. So they pay their insurance premium. Health care is free after that if they go to the right high-quality, high-value provider, the right hospital, the right doctor, the right surgery center, go to the right testing center, etc the employer on the other hand is saving so much they're able to give employees a raise that they haven't been able to do in years they're able to start funding that unfunded initiative i'm able to hire that new vice president of sales i've been needing for a year two years never had the cash flow so this is why we pulled this group together uh the mastermind group it's been together for this is going into our sixth year uh, it was a slow increase, Kerry. We just learned and found opportunities uh, to improve what these advisors are doing. And today, we're sharing next practices, we call them, uh, sharing uh, strategies and techniques that are really helping bend the curve on
0: healthcare. So you're arming these brokers and consultants with the best practices, the newest technology. Uh, the the best suppliers in the supply chain, like the surgical center group that we see here at this particular conference, all these different tools that they put in their toolbox, and then they go in and sit down with the CEO, CFO, chief operating officer and say, here's the tools. Let's talk about which one of these, how many of these we're gonna put in place. And the aggregate effect of all of that is back to your opening comment about reducing the actual cost of health insurance and health care." By 10, 20, 30, as much as 40%. Uh,
1: the advisors are, I use the exact term toolbox. So I love, I love the way you phrase that. Uh, and what they're doing with that CEO or CFO is putting part of their compensation
0: at risk to guarantee the results. So let me stop you right there because I want to sure I want you to repeat that. The the consultant broker is putting part of their compensation at risk so they can show that they're they've got skin in the game too Absolutely. and they're here to improve the situation. Absolutely, that's kind of a unique approach.
1: It's unheard of. In fact, the status quo at brokers can't do it because they can't deliver the results that would allow them to get their money at the end of the year. So it's it, for the first time. The CEO and CFO have someone sitting on the same side of the table when it comes to their benefits and health care spend. Now that these advisors are putting skin in the game, as you put it, and, and guaranteeing with their own compensation results.
0: So basically, what winds up happening is instead of having a broker or consultant that's over here, you now have a partner that's sitting at the table with you. Like any other partner you have in your business, and that's exactly how this works.
1: They go, they become an integral part of the management team because they help manage that second or third largest P&L spend. You're right.
0: That's how it works, folks. We're here at the Mastermind Summit, and you just heard Nelson Griswold uh, talk about how this works, why it works, um, and how it is changing the face of health care and health insurance here in the country stay tuned we're going to be right back after the break with more um, if you want to learn more about this you can go to our website americashealthcareadvocate.com americashealthcareadvocate.com thank you nelson for coming in and doing this pretty informative stuff today thanks karen it's great having you here stay tuned we'll be right back after the break with more here on america's Healthcare advocate Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Here on the HI Radio Network, you can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Summer video series is up there. You might find it kind of interesting. It's on pet health. How do you like that? How to brush your dog's teeth. That's one of the things you'll learn. Why would you do that? up we'll watch the video. They'll explain it. All right. We are here at the Mastermind Summit in St. Louis, Missouri, at the beautiful Four Seasons Hotel. Joining me in this last segment of the show, Lester Morales. Lester's unique. He lives in two places at once. He actually... <laughs> Welcome, Lester. Thank you. Thank he you. lives in Tampa Bay, Florida, and Puerto Rico, and his company is called Next Impact. Um, and thank you for coming in today and no, taking time you. to do this. I, I thought it'd be great to, because I know you did a, a presentation on this yesterday, and this is something that I think just confuses people and scares people to death, especially CEOs, CFOs the chief operating officers, reference-based pricing. So let's tell the audience what is reference-based pricing and why is it something they should look
4: at? Uh, Very simple definition. I think everybody in this business tries to overcomplicate this. It is nothing more than changing the way a health plan, typically a self-insured health plan, reimburses for the services that are being provided. Today, we utilize a PPO network who does the negotiation with the facilities, with the doctors, and that, when you go to the doctor, you pay your copay, the claim goes in. Part of that claim, obviously, is going to pay for the service that was rendered. In reference-based pricing, rather than doing the negotiation, you are taking a reference point, typically Medicare, as the basis. Why? Transparency reference-based pricing uses medicare typically medicare is published it's intended to cover the cost of the service and it is transparent well you used to that, that's a unique word right there uh, especially
0: when we talk about providers i mean here in in this city uh Hospitals like Barnes-Jewish aren't real happy about transparency, and they're not the only ones. This goes across the country. Talk about why providers, you know, why is there this this opaque filter um, on transparency? You know the cost of a set of tires. You know the cost of a keg of nails. You, you, you can find out the cost of almost anything in this country. You can find out the actual cost of an automobile if you go research it. Why can't we find out the cost of, Uh, A knee replacement surgery, a hernia surgery, uh, delivering a baby, uh, getting injections. Let's talk about that.
4: You know, I think this boils back down to even the invention of managed care we have insulated a user of healthcare from the cost of healthcare if you asked a normal human being what is the cost of the healthcare what's the cost of an office visit they're going to tell you it's $25 <laughs> the reality of that that is getting paid at somewhere between 150 180 uh i've got a live example that happened today we had somebody that goes into surgery down in tampa florida the bill charges. So what the hospital wanted to charge off was to their charge master. Off their charge master. Very good. Was nine and a half times what that same hospital gets reimbursed by Medicare for the same exact procedure. We do a negotiation with them and settle it at 150 percent of Medicare it saved the client $60,000 in one day. So Lester, what does that 150% Medicare mean? How how did, so the audience understand, how's that work? Yeah, so let's suppose that Medicare reimburses a facility a dollar for a service. That facility typically will bill anywhere between five and $10 for that same service. Now, the carrier then applies their discount off of that. And so if it's a 50% discount on something that is nine times overinflated, you're really getting a number that is three, four, five times at the end of the day more than Medicare reimburses that same facility for the same exact service. So when you do 150% of Medicare, which if Medicare is intended to cover the cost of the service, a 50% net margin Would be that's pretty good. I wish I could run my business. Thank you very much. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So that dollar fifty, a fifty percent net margin, saves two, three, four times Medicare when you're looking at the cost, and that is why adding transparency to the conversation allows for significant cost savings. And that's
0: why some of our providers are a little reluctant to do that, aren't they? let's talk about one other thing, because the other thing is people think that hospitals charge uniform prices across the board. They do not. Uh, you, you can have one hospital that charges a liver transplant for the liver, and we actually had this example in Kansas City, of $139,000. You can go down the street to another hospital and pay $210,000 for the same liver. I'm not talking about the surgery, just the liver. So talk about how hospitals, there is no
4: rhyme or reason that they're all playing on the same level field. No, absolutely. And let's just take something super simple like an an imaging, you know, an x-ray. It is the same machine. It is the same technician reading it who probably went to the same exact tech school. (laughs) And the price of an imaging service at a facility, a hospital versus a freestanding um, imaging center might be five, six, seven, ten x difference for the same machine. We're not talking about even, you know, a a better machine. We're talking about the same exact machine. So you're exactly right in that, and and that is why transparency is such a key thing in this business. Because without it, how does a consumer, which in every other base. Thing that we purchase cars tvs there's transparency we know what we're paying for it before we have the service healthcare is the only thing we have no idea what the cost is before completely we. completely different
0: it. he is lester morales he's the president of next impact and i think he just explained what reference-based pricing is, and transparency. Thank you for joining us today here on America's Healthcare Advocate Show, and thank you for being here, Lester. Thank you. That was, uh, I think that was pretty informative. We got a lot in there in that short period of time. Thanks so much. Appreciate yeah, it. That was it. a great job. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I leave you with this thought from Albert Einstein. The one who follows the crowd will usually get no further than the crowd. The one who walks alone is likely to find himself in places no one has ever been. Remember friends, it's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the very best, you most often get it. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate show broadcasting here on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Remember, there's a lot up there on that website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Also our Facebook page, same thing, americashealthcareadvocate.com. And now on Instagram. That's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Goodbye, America.